How often do you wonder, is this all there is to my life? How fulfilled are you in your stepfamily role? Do you feel like there are just some things that are too hard for you to move past? Or perhaps you're struggling with forgiveness, giving or receiving. Do you think there are things that are too difficult for God to forgive? Today's guest is no stranger to heartache, missteps, and feeling as though she didn't quite fit in. I asked her. So how is it that someone moves past those deep hurts? You mentioned molestation and an abortion. It brings to mind that with step families, there's often a lot of shame associated with how we feel about divorce, and we bring that forward or we bring it into the church. I would imagine there are some similar concerns in those situations as well. So one of the things I recognize that when I got saved, that there was this culture that we should pretend that we have it together. And for some reason, I just didn't feel like I always fit into that culture because I remember even when I was a Christian, I was struggling with fornication. And I remember just going to the pastor and just like talking to him like, hey, you know, and all advice I could get is just pray about it. And I'm like, I pray that fast, but I'm not stopping. And I felt like if I could really have this conversation more vulnerably, then maybe one can help the other. And that's how I started blogging and sharing. How did I get over the shame? I think the biggest thing, and this, if somebody is not a Christian and might listen, might say, oh, you know, you're just speaking Christianese. No, I don't. I truly believe that it was the word of God that renewed my mind. And I believe that no matter what my mistakes were or what was done to me, that I had nothing to be ashamed of. Take courage, family. Today's episode is the biggest dose of hope wrapped up in a beautiful testimony of the power of God. Welcome to episode number 82 of Step Family Mission Possible. I'm Jen Rogers, co-host with my husband, Bill. All right, let's get this mission started. Hey there, you're listening to Step Family Mission Possible, the podcast for step families with a focus on step family couples building their legacy together. We know that blending families is hard, and your hosts, me, Jen Rogers, along with my husband, Bill, are determined to make it easier. It's time to turn step family chaos into step family mission possible together so you can stop feeling that pit in your stomach on transition day and start celebrating all the reasons why you are exactly in the right place right now. Meet Crystal Day, minister, international certified Christian life coach, inspirational speaker, award-winning author, brand strategist, publishing expert, mother, podcaster, and all-around Jesus girl. After experiencing the redeeming power of Christ in her life, there was no way that she could keep quiet about it. It's at the core of who she is. In January of 2017, this Jamaican girl made a major faith step to leave her 9-to-5 job to answer God's calling on her life as a kingdom entrepreneur. And since then, she's helped over 100,000 women of all ages in over 45 countries around the world through her books, coaching, speaking engagements, online courses, podcasts, newsletters, and various media features. Here's the most important part about Crystal. She believes that we all have a God-given message and we are empowered to impact our lives with it. 
Friends, this applies to you and your step family. No matter your titles, your experiences, where you come from, the most important aspect is to focus on where God has placed you in your step family right now. And what is he calling you to as you build your legacy so you and your family can blend beautifully together? Crystal, what is your journey? What led you to where you are, where you are helping a lot of people now with publishing, with books? What got you there? Let me cut this very sharp because this journey of getting to become a publisher has been just very interesting. So one, I'm from Kingston, Jamaica. So for those who are listening, I'm so happy to be here in Kingston, to be able to share on the podcast here. Truly my pleasure. So I grew up in a very, I say financially poor. So we didn't have always had the best of things. We didn't have some days we didn't have lunch money. Some days we didn't have food to go to bed. So it was a very humbly beginning. But I remember from as young as I can, my father would always tell me that education is the way out. So I need to do well in school so that one day I'll be able to help my family to get out of that poverty situation. No, I tell people all the time that even though I was poor financially, I felt like I was rich in love because my parents at the time really, Caribbean parents, they don't hug you and tell you they love you. But deep down, you know that they do because they're always there. So, you know, I did pretty well, went to high school, completed, did my degree, did it part-time, and I was working in the government and I was pretty okay working in the government sector and I just remember somewhere between age 24 there about after accomplishing all the things that were my life dream about a house bought a car I was in a good job I just had a daughter I was engaged to be married and I remember this feeling like okay at 24 I've accomplished all of these things what's next Should I do another degree? What do I do? And I remember because I had such a colorful past, I was molested at a young age. I did an abortion at 16. So I eventually gave my life to the Lord. And the Lord said to me that he wanted me to share my journey with persons. And that's how the book was birthed, the blogs were birthed. And somewhere in between that, I also continued to seek the Lord. And he said, I want you to help to preserve faith-based literature by launching this publishing company. So that's how I very briefly started and got into publishing all throughout that Of course, you know, you have your family dynamics to deal with, you have life dealing with, you know, as a single mother, so many things happening. But to be honest, God has been faithful. So how is it that someone moves past those deep hurts? You mentioned molestation and an abortion. It brings to mind that with step families, there's often a lot of shame associated with how we feel about divorce and we bring that forward or we bring it into the church. I would imagine there are some similar concerns in those situations as well. Yeah. So one of the things I recognize that when I got saved, that there was this culture that we should pretend that we have it together. And for some reason, I just didn't feel like I always fit into that culture because I remember even when I was a Christian, I was struggling with fornication. And I remember just going to the pastor and just like talking to him like, hey, you know, and all advice I could get is just pray about it. And I'm like, I pray that fast, but I'm not stopping. And I felt like if I could really have this conversation more vulnerably, then maybe one can help the other. And That's kind of how I started blogging and sharing. How did I get over the shame? I think the biggest thing, and this 
if somebody's not a Christian and might listen, might say, oh, you know, you're just speaking Christianese. No, I, I truly believe that it was the word of God that renewed my mind, that there are two scriptures that really I held on to. One, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I believe that no matter what my mistakes were or what was done to me, that I had nothing to be ashamed of. And the second scripture that really I held on to is that all things are passed away, all things have become new. And I believe that with all my heart, that no matter what I've been through, that God had my back. And like you mentioned, I had a step family because my parents split, uh, I think I was about nine or 10, about 10 years old that when they, so I was into a step family. So I do understand very much the dynamics of that, <laughs> that, no, my mother went into this relationship with four children. So there was, just, I'm the eldest. So there was a lot of dynamics to do with the shame and persons not feeling vulnerable and wonder if you can trust your siblings, trust your, this new parent, etc. So I do understand. But I believe that the biggest thing was for me to believe God's word and to renew my mind. That's a, a great story. Now, I'm really interested, Crystal, in what you mentioned about going to your pastor and he says, pray about it, pray about it. Because it seems to me that at that point, you must have felt like there's no help. Nobody understands. And the enemy will then tell us, well, that's because you're the only one. You're the only one that has this problem. See, other people don't have the problems you have. I like the way you dealt with it. I mean, reaching out and saying, you know what? If there's no support, I'm going to be the support. That's awesome. Yeah, it was. So like you said, the enemy will try to convince you. But here's the difference. I saw the same girl, a lot of the girls that were my age that were more safe Christian than me. They were at the parties that I'm at. And I'm like, they are more saved. <laughs> you know, they had relationships. So I'm like, there must be, we must have something in common. And then the scripture in Solomon that says, there's nothing new under the sun. I'm like, yeah, so once I started, to be honest, when I got pregnant, so I got pregnant in church. So you can imagine the embarrassment that came along. But it's funny, like I mentioned, when I got pregnant, two other girls got pregnant also. So again, it reminded me that while it feels like I'm alone, really and truly we're not alone. Many of us are going through the struggles. And I think somewhere in that, the Lord just kind of said, you know, if the support is not there, why you don't be that support? And it was very challenging at first, but I've just learned to embrace being a catalyst and a trailblazer for the kingdom of God. I love hearing that. I do. I love hearing that because it seems to me that we're playing church a lot. And I don't just mean people who are in the church are sinning. That goes without saying. But the pastor, the ones who are to minister to that are just kind of waving a cape and saying, ole, you know, here's a prayer. Hope you're doing better. But that's not ministry. That's why I think what you've led into now is so important. Yeah. Jamaica is very religious. I don't know, you know, is, is our very, we have devotions in school. You know, when we go to party, they actually start a party with our gospel music and close the party with our gospel music. So there is this, this religious culture that's easy for us to believe that because God exists and God loves us, that we can just live any all we want. And I do believe that a lot of pastors are struggling with, okay, how do I share, okay, God loves you? 
but he doesn't want you to live a lifestyle that's contradictory to him. So I do believe that there's a struggle that's pulling with a lot of ministers. I also do believe that many of them do have the right heart in terms of wanting to share the gospel, but then also the practicality, especially in our generation. Because I remember when I read the word of God that says I should not, I didn't know, note, I did not grow up knowing that sex before marriage was wrong. I didn't know that. So when I got saved and I'm like, I have a child, like who is going to wait on me for that? So it took a lot of mind renewal for me to believe it. But then what I questions I remember asking is why would I do that? So we're in a generation that asks a lot of why and a lot expect practical Christianity. And I don't know if a lot of religious leaders and pastors know how to break down the word in such a way that it's more applicable to the lives of many believers. And I think that's probably where the struggle is coming in. She's hit the nail on the head, oh, right? <laughs> that may be where those testimonies of people going up in front of the church and being real and yeah. saying, this is my journey. This is where I've come from. And acknowledging that we don't get all cleaned up. We can get cleaned up on the outside, but God does not call us to get cleaned up on the inside before we say yes to Him. And it's interesting, mm-hmm. you said something about degrees of being saved. Hey, either you are, either oh you've gosh. accepted Jesus as your Savior <laughs> or not. But what it looks like on the outside in the interactions with yeah. other people, there definitely, I can see that there would be degrees of what it looks like as far as really people's devotion to what God says and to His Word and just an understanding of who He is. We don't really know who God is. We don't know all of the attributes of God because we're not in His Word, reading His Word and asking Him to renew our minds. Yeah, I do agree. And God tells us too, I mean, He is, you mentioned uh, Romans 8.28 there, but Paul also says in that passage that He is our Abba. Abba is a word that means daddy. And as God is our daddy, as a good daddy, sometimes he has to break out the whooping stick. Because (laughs) if we're not obeying him, a good father will discipline his children. And he is a good, good father. Yeah. I just want to make a little comment here before you jump in, Crystal, and say that when I first came to know God— And I was talking with a woman. She was saying, oh, yeah, it's just like you're a little girl and you crawl up on your daddy's lap. Like, what are you talking about? I have God. That is not the God I know. I know a God with a big stick. What are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) I had never heard that. And that was when I was in my 40s. Okay, so I didn't know that God was Abba until in my 40s. God was a serious God before that. (laughs) Almost like he's waiting on you to sin so he can do me to hell. You know, that was yeah. kind of how I got the feeling. And especially when I used to visit church, like, you know, you're always going to hell. And I remember this sounds very bad, but I remember one time just sitting in church, I was like, why would I want to go to hell for everybody I know is going to hell? Might as well I go with them. That was my mentality at one point because I'm like, it's true. Like I knew only my aunt at the time was saved. Like I didn't know many Christians. So when you kept telling me about hell, hell, but it was actually the love of God that made me become open to the gospel. It was the love of God that taught me that in all my shame and condemnation, his love can still change my life. And this is why I'm now so passionate, not just about, of course, we talk about the righteousness and the holiness of God, but I'm not 
walking into righteousness and holiness because I'm afraid of him and I'm afraid. No, I'm walking in it because I love him and I want to please him. And that mindset shift has really helped me a lot. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I love that. Absolutely love that because that is the idea, isn't it? I mean, we talk about our love, for example, as a married couple. You know, I often say, I don't want to hurt Jennifer because to hurt Jennifer hurts me, right? If I see her hurting, I'm going to hurt because I love her. And isn't it the same thing with God? I mean, if we, let's face it, we put Jesus on the cross. I mean, and that's why he died. That's the great juxtaposition. We put him on the cross, and yet he was dying for us. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And yet when we see that, it's like the appeal, the emotion in us could say, no, I mean, I want to love this God that's loved me so deeply that he gave his life up. Amen. Amen. So, Krista, one of the things that you do is you deal with the written word. And I love that because it just mirrors our Abba Daddy, that his word is powerful. And you are sharing your story and other stories through the power of the written word. So talk a little bit about what that means to you and how that's so important to who you are right now and who God is having you work with and develop you along your journey. One of the examples I always give is that God is God. He could have invented the MP3 player like many, many years ago. He could have invented the internet, you know, the cell phones. You know, there are so many ways that that we are now preserving things that he could have. But instead, back then in Abraham, Isaac, David's time, he chose to use the written word. Mm. There must be something powerful in writing, in I believe it's in somewhere in Proverbs, it talks about books will never cease, right? Because there is some, in Abacook, we always use that. He said, write the vision. He told Moses to write the commandments. So if you, one of the things we should do is pay attention in how God tells us to do things. So there's so much power in writing. So I always say writing leaves a legacy beyond us. It leaves a legacy beyond us. So any day I'm gone, my daughter's daughter, you know, the books will always remain. And it means that the same testimony, you remember the testimony that you were talking about earlier, that we should go up and share. Now we're able to share those testimony in our book that will leave a legacy beyond us. And my books are in places that I've never even visited, in countries that, you know, I don't even know how to pronounce the name. And that's the power of writing. And this is why I know that not everyone will feel like, hey, I'm called to write a book because it feels so hard. But I do believe that if you are into legacy building and especially, you know, yes, we have the podcast where you can listen to the voice or we have YouTube, but there's so much power in writing down your story. And I believe even a mission and vision that you guys have in terms of step family mission possible. Imagine just being able to, after this, just write something where years after, when you are gone or somewhere else in the world where you don't have access, but they have access to books and their, your, the legacy and everything that the Lord has taught you guys will be able to preserve. And that's for all of the listeners. So how has writing changed my life? It has taught me that it's more, my journey is far more about who God has called me to serve more than me. You know, everything that I've been through, it won't go to waste. You know, God don't waste anything. He's able to use all of it to bring him glory and honor. And that's 
why I enjoy what I do, because I know he able to help to preserve the gospel in a unique way. So beautiful. And it speaks to my heart. So you even mentioned Habakkuk. I love that. We're all <laughs> about the vision here at Step Family Mission Possible. And we encourage couples to dream and to ask God what He has for them. It comes up almost every podcast now where we have the opportunity to remind couples that God's blessings for your marriage, even with that four-letter step in front of them, they're the same. Right. That God has set aside these blessings for you as a couple. And we encourage you to write down that vision of yeah. who you want to become as a couple and where God is leading you. And yep, bring those step kiddos on board too, so that they can be a part of that process. Mm. And it can be pretty exciting when you're writing with God. <laughs> Crystal, how do you encourage the would-be author who is overwhelmed by the process of writing itself, because that sometimes can become. I know for myself, just freely admitting, there have been times I've written a chapter or two and then stopped because I'm too much of a critic. All right. So one, I think some practical, and I'm just thinking off the top of my head, three practical things that I will share. One is always just get some blank paper, you know, and just do some random other things that I would want to say, what other topics I could possibly write about. That would be very helpful. Then I believe that you go now, this is how you know your partner with the Lord and just say, hey, in this season, what is it that you want me to share with your people? And trust the Holy Spirit to lead you. He's always directing our path. So trust the Holy Spirit that if I open my ears and partner with him, he will say, okay, this is the one that's needed right now. Then before you even start writing a book, I think you should ask yourself these three questions. One, who am I writing for? Who is it that I'm, I feel like I'm being led to share with right now? Secondly, what problem am I solving? So what is it that that person is typing in Amazon that day your book will come up. So what problem are you solving? And then number three is, okay, the problem, I'm sure there are books out there already on the topic. So the next question to ask yourself, what solution am I providing? Even though Solomon says there, no, there's nothing new under the sun, there's also our uniqueness and a unique spin that each of us will bring. And that's your solution to the problem. The final thing I would say regarding just writing is that the truth is you have to remember, and this is especially if you're a faith-based writer, you have to remember that the John 10, 10 remains the same. There's an enemy that's there to kill, steal, and destroy. And also part of it is the delay. So when you're about to write, a lot of times we think it's only, oh, I'm just too tired, I'm too fatigued, you know, I'm a perfectionist. And we, a lot of times we internalize why we're not writing. But the truth is there is an enemy that's out there that's telling you you shouldn't. You can't, you must. And he's uh so there's a spiritual warfare that comes with it. That I believe that if more believers start to not just look at the physical, oh, I'm tired, I don't have time that, but also look at it as wise. If this is something that God has given me to do, why is there a delay? Is there something spiritual that I need to break through? And I would just bonus tips to say, you know, the truth is this is bigger than you. Life is bigger than you. We're called to, to be a blessing to each other. And if you really believe that, then despite what's happening in your life, you'll push with all your heart to share the message that God has placed on your heart. 
That's yeah, so well good. I'm going to put those three points in the show notes. So if you're driving or you're swiffering or you're watering the flowers in the garden, don't worry. You can click on the show notes later and get those three points. And also we'll provide you access to Crystal's genius on her website. <laughs> Thanks for sharing that. I do want to recap them. So the first one you said was know who you're writing for. So who is your writing audience? And then know which problem you're solving. And I heard you say people are going in Amazon and they're looking for a specific thing for a book, a resource, and that's where they get started for a problem that they want to solve. And then what unique solution are you providing in your creative gifts that God has given you? So those are three great tips. Thank you for those. That is legacy building in general, isn't it? I mean, when we talk about our step families, you know, we have so many step families that are in shambles. And and I think that it's the same kind of thing as what you're talking about, the enemy coming to steal, kill, and destroy. You're building a legacy. You're building a testimony. And you've talked about that a couple of times, Crystal. You're building a testimony and your testimony is to be shared. Now, whether that's written, lived out, whatever, your testimony is to be shared. And if we're giving up too soon, as you've mentioned, then we're losing that opportunity, aren't we? Definitely. And, you know, they always say, when you think about a book, I think about some of my favorite books. Like, what if requiring didn't sit down and write Purpose Driven Life or, you know, John Bevere didn't sit down and write Driven by Eternity. Of course, God could have used other people, but their obedience has impacted my life in such an amazing way. And I do believe that if you sit and think about who your obedience can impact, believe me, you will find the motivation in the hardest moments. Mm, That's so good. Who your obedience can impact. So stepmamas and stepdads, your obedience can impact those kiddos in your home, even when it doesn't feel good, especially when it doesn't feel good. (laughs) I know authors who they were looking for like a, a children's book for, you know, their family. And, you know, a mom would say, you know what, I'm going to write this for my child because I don't see what I want or I'm going to write. I'm just writing it for my daughter or my son. And that one book, you know, just like her friend want to read it. And they're, you know, and it just because, hey, you know, again, it's bigger than you. Yeah, that's so good. So good. So, hey, what do you do for fun? Well, I watch a lot of TV, (laughs) especially recently. I mean, I'm into, I love superhero shows, to be honest. So I watch Arrow and Supergirl and all of these things. I love food. So I'm always cooking or I'm always eating out. I travel. I love traveling also. Um, I find traveling is a way to escape. So I always, you know, just love sitting. It's weird because I love sitting at the airport just reading books. Like, <laughs> it just gives me, you know, just some level of hope. And it just reminds me that the word of God says the earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. And I should enjoy the, the majesty of God's creation. So those are some of the things I enjoy, you know, spending time with my daughter and not just my, my daughter, my niece, I always have my godsons, everybody, all, every kid is always over my home because I always taking them to the beach or to the pool and stuff. So I just really, I try to enjoy life, to, to be honest, Bill and Jen. I grew up in, as I said, growing up, there were not a lot of things that we were exposed to. And as a result, I've learned to try to just share with my family. I was the first person to take my mother to a movie theater. At like age 40, my mother had never been to a movie theater. You know, I was the first person to take my father to a nice restaurant. So I try to have exposure, from, especially for my family and stuff, because 
based on where we were from, there are a lot of things that we didn't experience. So that's how I find joy. And those are things I enjoy doing. That's such a great answer. And here's something that comes to mind. I bet you deal with this with some of your clients that they don't know how to feel about making money in God's kingdom. And so here you are in a position where you have more wealth than what you grew up with. So how did your parents respond when you say, hey, I've got the money, let's go? How did that work out? And what were you thinking? about the wealth that you had. <laughs> I'm receiving the wealth that I have because the truth is, you know, what I found is that even I'm big on faith, right? <laughs> I'm her that will plan a trip and I don't know where the money is going to pay, but I believe that God is a provider. My parents always tell me that they knew that I was special, you know, they have to tell their children these things. But there was this, I don't know, from as young, I just felt like I had to be the, I don't know, the inspiration that's the best word to them. And even my siblings, you know, even as I mentioned, even with my stepfather, he, my stepfather adores me because a lot of the things that we, like, for example, big example, we didn't celebrate Christmas like that. And then when I was about 21, they're about, we, I started to buy gifts for everybody in the family. So they were like, so, you know, weirdo, like, why is she buying gifts? Because we weren't used to gifts. And then we bought a Christmas tree and put the gifts under. And now it has become such a routine in our family where everybody is buying gifts for each other. And it started with me just one Christmas. Hey, I see other people, family do this. I'm going to do this. So I think they are extremely proud. And it has also allowed them to dream bigger. So my mom, you know, they everybody migrates. I'm actually, me and my daughter... And my niece and my father is the only person currently living in Jamaica right now. My mom, my stepdad, my sisters, my step-siblings, all of them migrate to the U.S. But it has also just given them, you know, I remember, you know, this is a little bit teary-eyed, but, you know, recently in January, my mom celebrated her birthday. So me and my brothers decided to, you know, just surprise her for a trip. And I just remember just sitting in the restaurant and even my stepfather, he started to just cry because he's like, you know, we would have never thought that when we didn't have food to eat, that we'll be able to afford to be at a restaurant right now. And that level of, you know, just it might not seem big to everybody who weren't at this, you know, but it was it was family. And that meant a lot to us. Yeah, I think it definitely has you thinking about our limited thinking that when we limit what we think we can do, or when we limit God, then we're going to stay limited. Mm -hmm. And I think that that is the same thing in families, that we have some ideas about how families are supposed to be. But once we move past those and ask God, what do you want us to be? And what do you have for us? I think that that is the beginning of crushing those limiting beliefs. So good. So good. And isn't it cool to give gifts? I bet you were Uh so excited. (laughs) Yeah. Right. I tell them I'm not a big gift. Like right now I struggle to buy gifts, but I'm an experienced person. Like I would be the person that takes them to an all-inclusive hotel or, you know, I will treat them to things, but I'm not like, what kind of gifts to buy? No, but I'm big on sharing experiences because I really do believe that, you know, in the end of when you get old, only thing you'll remember is how people made you feel. Yeah. I, I truly believe that. Not the things, the stuff won't last, but what we'll remember is the things that how you somebody made you feel in that moment. So I try to help to create experiences. That's so good. So Crystal, when you consider, because you're talking a lot about leaving legacy and the written word, 
What is the legacy that you really want to leave for your daughter? Oh, wow. Wow, Bill, that's a, that's a powerful question. Wow. So I've written nine books right now, um, so far, and I'm, you know, releasing my 10 books sometime later this year. And all the books that I've written are in three themes. It's Intimacy with God, Identity in Christ, and Impact through the Holy Spirit. And if I could say I want to leave anything with her is one, the importance of building true intimacy with God, you know, knowing who she is in Christ. Like now people see Crystal as the speaker, but the truth is for many years, I just saw myself as the little ghetto girl that was sexually molested, that was a abortion, you know, killed. So for many years, I was defined by that. And I recognized through, you know, Jesus Christ that I'm no, I am the royal priesthood. I'm the head, I'm not the tail. And the identity of in Christ has really just shaped who I've become. And I want her to do that because people will define me like, no, she goes out and everybody's like, oh, you're a crystal day daughter. You're a crystal day daughter. You're, you know, and they expect her to write books and they expect her. She's like, I don't even like reading. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I want to dance. I want to, to she, she's very good at track and field. So I want her to know her identity in Christ. And then finally, I want her to be able to leave an impact. However that looks, it might not look like our mom leave it. But however that looks, I want her to remember that, you know, the gifts that God has given her is not for her. It is bigger than her, but she can leave an impact also over that God has called her to do. That's wonderful. Wow. That's wow. wonderful. You know, speak to our, if you would, speak to our step families that don't really understand the idea of legacy that you're getting at. Why are they doing what they're doing? I mean, we're all going through and we, we hit these potholes and we hit these difficult points. What is it that lies on the other side? I've never, ever thought about listening to a podcast about step families before. And then when I got this invitation and I, I remember just listening, I started listening to one because I'm like, I want to get familiar. And then I just end up listening to two. Then I'm listening to three. And I'm like, wow, like even when we were growing up or, you know, I was like, I need to send this to my mom because I know that she had a little challenge managing, you know, the whole step family dynamics. And of course, you know, when I get married, most likely my husband would have to be with a step also. So what you guys are doing, I must say to God be the glory. It's an amazing mission. It's an amazing mission. And I know that God will enlarge your territory because this is so needed. So I want to say first, thank you. And that's you leaving a legacy. I'm here in Jamaica. You are, you know, we're in the U.S. And look at just listening to the podcast. Like I, I couldn't stop. I literally couldn't stop listening to it because I'm like, whoa, this is so good. So when I think about, I know, a step family that's listening right now. It could be a, a stepchild that has been, you felt like your life has been interrupted in some way, shape or form. Or, you know, your stepmom, I was listening to, I think it was Wanda, her dynamics about, you know, just that. And I, I could could feel her pain because that's the exact thing that my mom had to went through with my stepsister. Just keep telling her she hate her and, she and stuff. And, you know, I was like, just listening. I was like, well, you know, just Wanda's vulnerability will be able to help somebody, some stepmom. And even when she was talking about, you know, she stopped seeing the hurt and the pain from her stepdaughter, instead start seeing her through the eyes and the love of God. I'm like, 
like, yes. Like, I literally was, you know, always like, yes. Because, you know, if we can see each other through the eyes of God, through the love of God, what difference would that make? So my encouragement to anybody that's listening to this podcast, our step families, know that the truth is because of life's, I would say, interested. You know, you might lose a loved one, you might, something might not work out. Step families will always exist, always exist. You think about Jacob and his two wives, right? Leah and, and Rachel, like, you know, there was a step family dynamics all the time. So it's not new. It's not new. Even Jesus himself was in our step family because, you know, Joseph and stuff, you know, so it exists. And I believe that if we are able to know podcasts like these, that listening to these, to be able to help us to navigate or hire a coach or, you know, get the help that you need so you're able to navigate it, it will, one, um, bring you personal peace. Two, it moves from you blaming God for everything, but instead seeing God through everything. I, I hope you get that. Like sometimes we blame God and not see the blessings that God has in the dynamics of, you know, different families and to be able to, to serve each other. And the final thing I would say is to just, again, just ensure that love that we share for each other as step families, as it will just that love. I don't talk about the book and the purpose and all of that might come, but the love, I believe the love that we will share in the hardest moments will outlive us all. And that is eternal. Like that is eternal. Wow. I just went to church. <laughs> so good, Crystal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, so where can your ideal clients find you if they're interested in pursuing book writing? Where can people find you? On every social media platform, because I, you know, that's one of the ministries that God has given me. I post a lot on Facebook, on Instagram, on LinkedIn. You know, I'm not so much into the TikTok and yeah, as much, but definitely Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can find me. I'm always posting. I'm always encouraging. I believe that's a part of my purpose to just be an encouragement to others, and I'll continue to do that until God says otherwise. So you know, my website, uh, Daylight. My my last name is D D A Y E. So my business is Daylight, D-A-Y-E-L-I-G-H-T. And, you know, the Lord has just um, tasked me to be able to share faith-based literature. So you don't have to deserve you talking about God all the time. But as long as it's bringing glory and honor to the kingdom and empowering others, that's the, the material that I publish. And, yeah, I just look forward to helping somebody to bring their book to life. However that, you know, whatever the season that they're in. That's so wonderful. Thank you so much. It's been such a treat yeah. to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for showing up. <laughs> Thank you. I don't think I've ever been interviewed by a couple before. So this is, I'll make a big deal on this <laughs> on uh-huh. social media for sure. But thank you for having me. <laughs> yeah, so good. So good. Thanks so much. And we'll have to have you back after you write yeah. a few more books. And maybe you can bring your daughter with you and we can <laughs> see what she's got to say about her mama. <laughs> She, I, I'm, I'm sure her eyes will pop open right now. <laughs> Thank you, man. Oh, God bless you, Crystal. Thank you so much. Thank you, Bill. I yeah. appreciate it. Continue to do the awesome work that you guys are doing. You as well. Thank, Thank you, you so much. In 2017, there's no way that Crystal could have known what she would experience in 2022. Yet her obedience has been rewarded with unique opportunities to travel, to influence others around the world with her work. Hey, that's the power that you have as parents in your step family. 
You are placed in this family for a purpose, to fulfill your mission. So your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to join us inside in the Facebook group so you can interact with Crystal, who's just joined us inside, which is so exciting, and get encouragement and support from other families who understand the difficulty of blending families together and celebrate the joys of our victories as we build our legacy step by step. All right, family, see you on the inside.